0: This afternoon, as I was finishing up and I was kind of uh, printing everything and just typing everything out, I flipped through um, my preaching channel, as I would call it, on the Apple TV. That's supposed to be back here, plugged in back there, but it's in my office because I'm using it to watch sermons all day, which I will bring you back and plug in at some point. But as I was watching it, they had a, um, I saw a church that had their youth. The youth service from their youth conference. There's like our winter retreat, their church has a youth conference. So I thought, oh, I'll listen to their testimonies. I like hearing what teenagers have to say and it's always funny to watch them how awkward they are and their church has a camera like right there. So I'm like, This 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 would be great. So I let it run what I was printing and I started to hear like all these guys like at first like you get the awkward Oh, my name is and then they stand there and like they say something dumb that no one in the congregation knows about but it's some kind of inside joke so all the teens start laughing but everybody in the congregation is kind of just sitting there because they have no idea what they're talking about and but as i started listening to them i started you start to hear like when they get into the real preaching like what pastor chapel to them at their youth conference and they start talking you start to really get the deep parts. And they started talking about the messages and how the messages changed their lives. When you, these kids started giving out, telling the things that really spoke to them and the things they were dealing with where they live. A lot of them went to public schools and they were talking about past Chapel preached this message. You know what? I never heard any of the messages Pastor Chapel preach from the V conference. But just listening to the kids, I have a good idea. And then they started talking about, there was one Asian uh, girl that was from China and she talked about how Brother Chapel had preached a message on being created. And that God created you and he created you a purpose. And, that, and she said that since she was from China, her family, could, they wanted only boys. The, the family wanted only boys. Well, her mom found out she was pregnant with two girls, twin girls. And when her mom found out that she was pregnant with twin girls, I, from, the, from her testimony, I understand that her dad left and said he wanted nothing to do with them. And so then their, their families falling apart and then they, I guess, situation turned in their family to where even their mom and they had problems there and so now they were staying at the youth pastor's house and she was crying and thanking the youth pastor for letting them open up their house so that she would have, they'd have a place to live and to grow up in a Christian home. As I started listening to all these things, pretty much, as I say this passage today, like I don't know why I listened to watch that because I did really this happened to me, you know, um what I listened to while I was printing out things. But when I start to see, I see Paul writing to Timothy. And I see Paul as, just like I said, his last letter, he's sitting here, he's about to die, and he's thinking about what's important. And I can almost see Paul writing to Timothy and saying, Timothy, in the last days, Time. Sometimes we get, get stuck in the fact that he said the last days. And we start to say, well, the last days means that Jesus is coming back. And I don't even think that was all Paul's motivation. I think Paul's motivation was, Timothy, I'm just going to be honest with you. Here are some things that you're going to have to deal with that going to be difficult for you. That may going make life hard. There's some things that are going to be deceiving you. You may get caught up in these kind of thoughts and the current events. And as we look at them, you go on our list. This is what I want you to picture in your mind: an older man telling us, not just Timothy telling us, "Hey, this is what you're going to face. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some difficult things. And I want you to be prepared for them." So last week we talked about, we talked about those: mention the love of their own self. Verse number two: covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers. disobedient, to the parents. Some things for them holy. Let's go for today. day number three. Without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So let's go through in some ways Without natural affection. Without natural affection literally means that they're hard-hearted toward kindred. Hard-hearted toward kindred. The phrase means it's the absolute affection... Which parents bear to their children and children toward their parents. Paul writes Timothy and says, Timothy, in the last days, as you go through your ministry, people are going to be without natural affection. There's a natural bond between a child and the parent or between family members, and there should be that bond. And, and Timothy is telling, I mean, Paul's telling Timothy, hey, in the last days, that's going to break. There's not going to be that bond. I read a story today of a 19-year-old young lady that had a child and she took that child, moved the neighbor's fence, and left it to die without natural affection. You know what? As soon as my daughter was born, my son was born, there was just something in me that was just like, wow. This is my daughter. This is my son. This is the only one thing. Wow, I have the responsibility to take care of this child. But see, Paul told Timothy in the last days, there's going to be a time where people aren't going to, that natural affection, not going to be there. We think about abortion. That a mother will willfully because out of inconvenience, get rid of a child without natural affection. And I, like I told you guys before, and I don't really challenge them to do it, but I—I've got an opportunity. I guess you'd call it an opportunity to stand at the abortion clinic and watch as them ladies walk by, and you say, "Hey, can we help you?" No, this is going to ruin. You just talk to some of them. Some of them are crying. Sometimes they're bad. They're pulling them in there to kill the child. It tears your heart apart. But Paul writes to Timothy in all seriousness. He says, Timothy, I just want to let you know the things that things are going to be hard. These are the difficult things. And one of the things that happens is the natural affection. But then flip it on the reverse side. See, to natural affection goes parent to child, but also goes to child to parent. I have seen some kids in some pretty terrible situations. But they still loved their mom and dad. I mean, I'm like, I'd, I don't even know why. <laughs> I don't even like their mom and dad. But they still loved they're mom and dad I'm <laughs> not even going to answer that <laughs> but there's a day, there's, there's something in us that has that natural affection but you look at the day you can go to Walmart go to Target you can hear a child look right at his parents who have done well to take care of him give him a place to stay, food to eat and say I hate you This man, in the last days perilous times shall come They'll be without natural affection. So he says the number one thing is that there's the love that a parent and child should have. He says that's not going to be the case in the last days. He goes on. Without natural affection, it's truth breakers. Truth breakers. A truth breaker is one who violates a truth, covenant, or engagement. A truth breaker is one who violates a truth, covenant, or engagement. These are people who remedy, promise, anything because they never intend to perform. These are people who readily promise anything because they never intend to perform. You guys have heard the old saying, his words his bond. When we were at um, Andrew's grandfather's funeral, I remember multiple people said that his grandfather was characterized by being a man of his word. Most people said that at the funeral. But see, Paul said in the last days, the people who will say anything because they don't plan on performing it. Sometimes you do this all the time, don't we? You go to camp, or we go somewhere to make a decision. Because time? Oh man, I'm I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this, and I know you are human. But, but the truth, there's someone who promises anything. The first word that came to my mind when I saw this was a politician. Don't they, don't they do that? Isn't that what politicians are known for? Hey, we'll give you whatever free money. Do this, do this, this. And then it's who getting get elected. (laughs) I never said that. (laughs) Even though we have clips of you saying this all over the place, I never said that and never did that. Don't worry about it. Truth breakers. You know how important in the Bible Covenants were? How do you know the story of Jephthah? Jephthah. You know what Jephthah is in the Bible? Jephthah, in the Old Testament, was the son of a prostitute. He was the son of a prostitute, and his family hated him. In fact, his brothers... They hated him so bad, they ran him out. Jephthah, we don't want anything to do with you. You're a son of a heart, as they were called in the Bible. Hey, Jephthah, get out. Well, the Bible says, Israel got attacked. And the brothers, they tried. But Jephthah was a man of war. He was kind of in war. So they needed Jephthah back. And they went to Jephthah and they said, Jephthah, we've been attacked man. No, we need your help. Jephthah said, you do not want me kicked me out. He said, you you don't want me. Like, come on, Jephthah. You got to come back and help us. If you come back, if you come back, Jephthah, we will make you leader if you can win. Jephthah says, okay, I'll come back. And he leaves Israelites in the battle. And the Bible says, if he leaves Israelites in the battle, he is winning. I mean, i mean, sorry. He's losing the battle. Jephthah in the middle of the battle says, God, we've got to win this war. So if you will give us the victory, the first thing that comes out of my house, I'll give to you in sacrifice. This is what Jephthah said right in the middle of the battle. The Bible says that Jephthah and the Israelites win the battle. They win the battle. They win. God gives them the victory. And as Jephthah's coming back to his house, and he was excited, Jephthah, Jephthah, Jephthah. Good job, Jephthah. And as Jephthah comes back to the house, the Bible says, and the door of his house flings open, and out runs his daughter. His daughter runs out. And the Bible says that Jephthah's heart sank within him. Oh, man. I told God, Even if ever comes out of my house, I'm going to sacrifice. Jephthah grabs his daughter, and the Bible says, hey, you've made, he tells his daughter, you've made my heart sink low. I've made a vow to the Lord, and I can't go back and so Jephthah tells his daughter, and you know what his daughter says, this, this is talking about being a truth and keeping our word. His daughter says, hey, whatever you told the Lord, so be it. And she said, can I just have? And she asked for a period of time. And she said, Dad, you do whatever you told God you do. Now, the Bible does not tell us what happened to Jephthah's daughter. It doesn't. But the Bible does say this, that he kept his vow to the Lord. The Bible says he kept his vow. Some pastors say that, well, he, he kept his vow. He sent her off to a, like a convent for nuns or whatever. And some people say that well, he sent her off to serve the Lord. And But some people believe that he did just what he said. He sacrificed his daughter. But even in way, don't know what happened. But the Bible says he kept his vow to the Lord. That's what the Lord, that's how serious the Lord is about vows and keeping our word. So Paul writes in Timothy, he said in the last days, people will be truth breakers. They don't keep their word. They don't do whatever they say. Let me ask you this. Are you known for your character and honesty and integrity? He says, in the last days, there'll be truth breakers." Let's go on. There's a lot, so I don't want to spend time on any one because I don't have that kind of time. Number one, I mean, number three, false accusers. He said, there will be false accusers. Those who strive to ruin the character of others. False accusers, those who strive to can the character of others. One of the names of Satan. Revelation 12 and 9. You know the word, false accusers, is in the Greek, not that I'm like some Greek scholar, but I did read it. Diablos. The word false accuser is the word Diablos. Which is, if you read the poem, find us, a name for Satan. And the Bible says, in the last days, there will be false accusers people who desire to tear down the character of others. Now, can you imagine being considered, characterized by being a false accuser, and then finding out that, pretty much, that is Satan himself? This is exactly how God describes Satan as a false accuser. Someone who's always trying to tear down the character of others. Job. God said, hey, Satan, you consider my servant Job. Is that right? Sure it's evil? The devil? Well, let me tell you about Job. If, God, you do this, Job will curse you to your face. He's accusing. Always trying to bring that down someone else. Sometimes we can be characterized by that. Well, you know so-and-so. They're a pretty good guy. Well, if you knew what I knew about them. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you what, what they're really like. Oh, she, she's really nice. I really like her. Well, huh. let me tell you really. Let me give you the inside scoop on, on her. Accuser of the brethren. That's what Satan is. So he said in the last days, that he be false accusers. Let's go on. Incontinent. Incontinent. The absence of self-control. The absence of self-control. That to be true today? A lot of people who can't just simply control themselves. There's people that will go probably on Friday night, they'll get off work at 5, they'll go sit at a bar somewhere and drink all the alcohol they can consume, and they will do the dumbest things that they can think of without any self control. There'll be the people that will go through and do drugs without self control. They'll do stupid things. But you know what, let's bring it right down to where we live. The Bible says in the last days that people will be incontinent. They can't control themselves. How many of us have a problem with just simple self-control? And, nah, I'm putting myself in this. I'm being transparent. Your phone buzzes. Can you leave it there? No. Just let it sit. Without grabbing it. I've struggled with it. I told you guys when well, we talked about teens and tech. There's times where I, I'm saying my Bible for trying to get ready to preach a message, and it buzzes, and they say I five minutes on something totally different. Like, oh man, they went everything I was doing because I can't. You know what, the Bible says in the last days, self-control. Just me being able to say no to my flesh. But you know what, in our society, in our culture, it's just crazy. You we'll have to say no. I mean, everybody says, just do it. Don't say no. they think you go out to your school, probably, hopefully it may, hopefully, it's not a UCF and thing, but I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's people there that will fit in this mold. But you go out and tell somebody today that you have a teenager, desire to save yourself from marriage. Save yourself from marriage. You know what the average person to say? Why? Why would you want to do that? That's stupid. Why? Because, see, we don't know self control. Hey, I can't say no to myself in anything that I desire. If something happens, my phone goes, I just grab it. Doesn't matter if it's in church. If I desire to do something, I do it. Don't get offended with me here, but it's simple fact of being able to get out of bed. I've, I've been listening to a real manhood, um, by Jim Bird, just trying to listen to it myself. And he talks about how a real man he talks about the responsibility of a real man. He talked about how most some teenagers and things, He you know, somebody as a teenager parents let their kids sleep till whatever time and then they get up and he said when it's time for a job, that's why they can't hold a job because they just didn't feel like getting up. We don't know how to control ourselves. And the Bible says in the last days, that's the biggest sign of the time. But so we have no self control. I cannot say to myself, no, we're not going to do that. Now, well, the point news, even when somebody else tells us no, it only makes us mad. <laughs> well, you have to get up. Why don't you tell me you have to get up? You need to do this. Oh, this one. Stop talking. Who do you think you are telling me to stop talking? This is America. I can talk all I want. Talk, talk, talk. <laughs> because why? We have <laughs> because we have no self control. So we go on, incontinent, fierce, as I go through this, I told you, it's kind of disturbing because we go in our society and everything that Paul said is exactly where we live, like this is exactly what we go through, he goes on, fierce, savage, easily enraged, violent, have a problem with that in this area, especially around the front area, we don't have that problem. No one's fierce around here. This is when people that are easily enraged and violent. We would say that until we go and walk outside in the dark, and someone walks towards us. I'm just like automatically. I wish I had my CCW. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just. I <kidding. laughs> <I'm> just. <laughs> it's, it's the topic around here in church all the time. The CCW talk. So that's why I keep me, you know. <laughs> but I, I wish, I wish I had my gun because every, we had a um, growing up. I had a um, assistant pastor, and he was from Arkansas. And he always kept a gun under his truck seat. And I remember, no matter what happened, anybody walked into his car if it was nighttime first thing he was doing he down in the seat he could just be asking for direction but if you walked in the truck it wasn't going to the gospel track <laughs> it's like oh man I'm gonna put it he said he set it beside him and then he'd, he'd answer whatever question he would like we're gonna have to use it tonight Put it back for your I'm like, no well, guy everybody wants that. something. I don't even want my car doors. And you are like trying to build in. Everybody wants to bash or anything. <laughs> exactly But when he goes to when he says that maybe feed We know that we live in people that are easily being enraged. We go to a restaurant, if they bring my food out, I never tell them anything's wrong because I don't want them to take it back. Why? Because I know actually enough to you shows to know that once that food goes back behind the counter, there's no telling what's going to happen to it. So you know what? When they bring it out, look, nope it's good. It's good. I heat up in my favorite home if I have to. Don't worry about it. Because we have to there, it may easily be enraged. Drive down the road, accidentally cut somebody off. And some of you guys would be the ones to say a little bit of to them. Or you. your parents. <laughs> but we live in a time where fierce, arranged, Despise even enraged. they're bad. Despising of those that are good. Despising those that are good. The phrase means hostile to virtue. The phrase means hostile to virtue. There's a hate for those who desire... To do what is right. There is a hate of those who desire to do what is right. We do live in a country where I know there is a fad of Christianity. There is a fad of Christianity. The time I have like three flyers that someone sent me today of stuff they want our youth group to come to and so and so's gonna be singing here and so and so's gonna be speaking here. So, it was a fad of Christianity. And I'm gonna tell you the day I take it in those guys, I was actually gonna take a picture and show, show some of you guys and like this is what the kind of stuff they send me, but I was like I don't even got time for that. And the day I take the day I take you guys to one of those things <laughs> the, the, the day the day I take you guys to that it will be the day that I hope they fire me. And so when I, I was looking at all the f- f- uh fad of Christianity, but for the most part, if you desire to do what is right, there's the thing that the haters of those you know do It's funny, but it even took me down to even in Christian circles, you know that even in this youth group, there are haters of those who try to do right. It's funny because. <laughs> Uh, you guys cracking me up. The, it, it's funny because last night we were sitting and we or dinner with um Pastor Scott, Pastor Thoman, um uh, Pastor Ferguson. And as we were eating dinner, Pastor Scott and Mrs Scott were talking about the days at Marinette. And they started talking about like I don't remember how it came up, but they're talking about how many demerits they had. and Ms. Scott was talking about how she only had only oh, she only had like at the highest of like ever ten demerits. And you know the immediate conversation... I know that nobody made anything by this, but you know what the immediate thing was? Oh, so you were a good teacher at college. Oh, you didn't do anything wrong because you're so good. Blah, 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 blah. And everybody jumps on because of that. And then, and then Patrick Scott, later in the whole night, later in the night, totally. Same thing. Patrick Scott was talking about how he got to do something and everybody was like, oh, you got to do something with so because you're so good all the time. You never do anything wrong. You know what? There is just something about when someone decides to do what is right, it is just to look back on. Well, I'm not, not going to talk like that. Oh, is it too good to talk like this? Oh, no, you can't you, you can hang with us? I I'm not going to listen to this. Oh, you ta- oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Spiritual is here, so we're gonna have to cut off our music. There is a desire I among mean, people that if someone desires to do what is right, they look down upon him. Paul said, Hey Timothy, I want you to know this. Hey, you know what? I'm invited, and I joke, but I can see Paul. As like I said, this is his last letter. He's writing. He's about to die. He's about to get his head cut off. This is not a joke to Paul. Paul is telling Timothy, hey, I'm going to let you know, Timothy. You are going to mark it down. There's going to be people that despise you for trying to do what is right. He goes on. Despise are good traitors. Betrayer. No the example of be is scary. betrayers he's with no loyalty you try and trust someone and put it like you think about Jesus' whole ministry Jesus put three and a half years into Judas' life and Judas sells Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver hey he's not profiting me anything so I'm getting rid of him betrayers no, no loyalty he goes wrong petty Hetty is the reckless, headstrong pursuit of a bad end under the influence of passion. Hetty. is the reckless, headstrong pursuit of a bad end under the influence of passion. This is exactly, I think Hetty and the Greek word would good teenager. Like, I think Hetty is the reckless, headstrong pursuit of a bad end under the influence of passion. Hey, I am going to go passionately into something that will sometimes destroy my life. You look at every, well, most of them. I'm going to say most because somebody's come up with 15 exceptions in and polls, But I'm going to say most. Most major Disney movies. You look at, I'm talking the cartoons here. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about things that we can watch and they probably show it somewhere at some all-matter that I'm not a part of. But they will probably show, you think about Finding Nemo. What is the, the, the main theme of Finding Nemo? It's a fish that desires... To get away from you. <laughs> to do that, yes. A uh, fish that desires to forgive Dad. Oh, Dad. It's so overbearing. so overprotective. I will show him. Honey. Oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to touch the butt. I'm going to go touch. <laughs> I'm going to go out and I'm gonna tell him, hey, you can't do it. No, I can't do it. You can't do it. No, I can't do it. And he goes down and does it and what did he do? It <laughs> says so, no I, I should have saw that coming. But, uh, he goes through and he goes down and does it. And then for the rest of the movie, what is it? Dad's trying to chase to save his life because he's heady. Let us believe You You get pretty much every major that we of a character. A main character my mom and dad are dumb, so I'm going to go out with passion. Don't worry, though, I'm following my heart. And I go, and I'm going to go out and do something that's recklessly abandoning and ruining my life. Paul said to Timothy, Do you have a question, ma'am? Or are you going to give me a. Be brave as an example. I was going to use brave as an example, but then I thought to leave it. But brave is the same thing, that my mom is dumb and I don't want to go the direction my mom wants me to do, and it goes through, and the rest of the movie is finding out, oh no, I was so wrong, so now everybody has to try and save my life. So, <laughs> the, the, the things for all of them, and I'm not trying to be a cynic or anything, but that's exactly what happens. But it, it's heady. The desire... So you know I'm not gonna think about it. I'm not gonna think about the outcome, the results. I'm just gonna follow passion, as the like say said. I'm gonna follow my heart. I'm just gonna go wherever it leads. And you know what? Where the Bible says your heart leads, it leads to destruction. And so we go through petty, high-minded, high-minded. This refers to being inflated with self-conceit. This refers to being inflated with self-conceit. Also, if you look at First Timothy three sixteen, it's talking about lifted up with pride. Lifted up with pride. I think this is funny in the list. If you look how many times a form of the word pride is mentioned in this list, it's kind of funny. It's almost like God is saying, "Well, you know what? I don't like pride. I don't like arrogancy. I don't like boastfulness. Did I say I don't like pride? Did I say I don't like high mindedness? For <coughs> instance, pride." God says it a lot of times. I, I don't care for pride. And so it's in the last days, he will be high-minded. They'd so be lifted up with pride. And lastly, love is a pleasure more than the lovers of God. Love is a pleasure more than the lovers of God. Now, I can imagine as Timothy was reading this letter and reading all the things that he's going to have to watch out for. And I can almost see it. Like, you know what? You need to watch out because people don't need People don't with those that are good. All right, traders, yeah, you'll you put, put, invest in people's lives, yeah. And they're going to turn on you. I understand that, Paul, I understand that. Head yeah. those two of in my church, I understand that. Check. <laughs> High-minded, I don't want to be messed up in pride. But I mean, I can almost say I imagine he becomes the lovers of pleasure more the lovers of God. I can almost see his head hang As Paul writes this. Because you know what, when I read it, like, it doesn't take a lot of studying. It doesn't take a whole lot of, like, real deep theological thought to know what God's saying there. Simply saying, we love to do what we want to do, more than we love God. I the this is the idea of being given to the enjoyment of luxury and pleasure over the desire to love and honor God. This is the idea of being given to the enjoyment of luxury and pleasure over your desire to love and honor God. Can I say, honestly, this defines pretty... I'm going to be honest. If you're honest with yourself, I would say that it defines pretty much all of us in this room. So we do love our pleasures, those things that would make me happy, we're going to love God. We can prove it. If we said tomorrow that if Cedar Point was open and it was actually not ungodly cold outside, we would be able to say, we're going to go to Cedar Point tomorrow. Hey, you know what? And a, your teacher said, you have out of school and everything and we're ready to go. And it came time to head out and I said, you know what, to be there early, to get there in the park, we need to probably leave here around 4, so we can just be ready to go. You know what, I, don't, I think that most of you would probably say, okay, Pastor Bill, I'll be here at 4. You be standing out <laughs> I do I'm not gonna that's dumb. <laughs> but some of you may say, you know what, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be up at 4. I will be there so that we can get going to the party over you be when you get there to the bar, you'll be standing at the door waiting for it. Oh man, can't they open the park just to like ten minutes or less? They just say, we're not even we can't write anything. You can just stand and go and get in line. Ready to go. But let that be anything for God. Anything. I'm not talking about reading the Bible, though. I'm just saying anything. Would I, do I ever, like, do worry, worry about my long clock, didn't even have to go off this morning because I wanted to do something for God. But if it was something for me that pleased me, I'd be all back. Have I ever got so excited about anything for God? What has to be, I get excited for you, but just because we're going to play a game and we're going to see our friends, or is it because we love God? And I, when i go through the list, you know what? Creators. I don't have a problem with that, but I understand you need to watch out for those. Go through the checklist. But as soon as I come to lovers of pleasure, or the lovers of God, I just have to hang my head down. God, I am so sorry. Can do something on boom lights? I'll make every exception. Oh, well, I'll make time for something else later down the road. But most of the time, it's those things for God that they get pushed out. Oh, wait, it's time to read my Bible. I was telling, um, uh, I preached chapel in, um, at Corona yesterday, and I was telling the uh, kids there in chapel. I said, you know what? And I think I have told you guys this too before. That on my app, one of my Bible apps on my iPad tells me it's time to read my Bible. I, I, it's sad. I shouldn't have to have something tell me that it's time to read my Bible, but I do. For so a back up here. if I get doing something, it pops up and says it's time for your daily Bible reading. Now. When I actually think about it, all the things that I do on my iPad, some mornings I get up, and I am feeding my son or whatever, and he's up early, and they are sitting there, and I'm holding with a bottle, trying to play Temple Run with the other hand. It's like I can do this with one hand, so I, I'm I'm playing Temple Run, and then all of a sudden, my little thing says, "Ding! It's time for your daily Bible reading," and I I do. Sometimes it's just like, it's "Fine, let I get up, give my son a bottle. I've already played like ten games in Temple Run, scored like five million points. I'm doing good, but you know what? I haven't done anything for the Lord this morning. Why? Because for love is a pleasure more than lovers of God. And Paul told Timothy, "Hey, the only thing you think you've got to watch out for, Timothy, Pell, it's times are coming." And I would say our whole culture is <laughs> somebody's time for somebody's David reading <laughs> But I would say our whole culture is under the same thing of we love ourselves and we love to, what makes us happy more than we really love God. So let's go to the next uh, next week we'll finish up the list, and then the week after that we we'll get to where I would like to be. The whole continue verses in just a little bit. So, but I hope that guys, we, as we go through this, I hope you enjoyed the study of Second Timothy. I'm really enjoying it. There's a whole lot of things you got to watch out for. You go through the list, you see. Sometimes you do go to things and say, you know what, I don't have a problem with that. That's not a big deal. There's something that just, the Lord just like hits you right between the eyes and says, hey, you can straighten up. So I hope you take some of these things and apply them to your lives. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for being in your house tonight. Lord, we ask that you would just work in our hearts. So what I know, especially for me, Lord, i tell you this, the one who didn't jump off the page at me, Lord, it was lovers, of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lord, I should help me to love you with all my heart, soul, and mind. And what I show these young people do the same. We ask that you give us a good night. Thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.